Hello, this is Abby. Dear Abby, this is gonna be a long one. Oh boy. Dear Abby, how do you tell the difference between a new exciting crush and a rebound? Does it matter? Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Welcome to our little corner of the internet. This is the Dear Abby podcast. I hope you stay and hang out with us. See you in a sec. This is not the best outfit on me. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode. Okay, I don't want to start the same. Hey, guys, welcome to Dear Abby. This is my podcast where I talk about all things mental health and lifestyle, um, and we just kind of go all over the place. So welcome back. I hope you're having a great Thursday, and I sincerely mean that. I hope you're in a car listening to great music and there's no you um well I guess that's all I hope for you I guess I can't think of anything else today's been a long day I got no sleep well I got like an hour of sleep last night which isn't a ton of sleep and I'm (laughs) I don't I don't know I've just had really creepy dreams so I don't want to fall asleep uh I feel like a little kid again so I'll watch tv to fall asleep And so that when I wake up, there's something cute and fun on. But I also just haven't been able to fall asleep, period. My body just, I feel like I'm going through a weird transition, like in my body. (laughs) It sounds like I'm going to say I'm finally going through puberty, but I did that a long time ago. And this feels more, my working out routine, just a lot of my routines are different and I live in a new place. And I I don't know, my body just feels weird. My body just feels weird. Not bad, not good, just different. So anyways, I might be a little bit weird today or something, but anyways, we can keep going with the podcast, I guess. So this week is OCD Awareness Week, I believe. I think it is this week. It's like, yeah, I think it's this week. And that only comes but once a year, I think. I didn't really do too much research about the actual week of OCD, but I did do a lot about OCD and I have for two years now. But I kind of wanted to dedicate this whole entire, entire this whole episode to OCD and talk about the ins and outs of it, squash some myths, some stigmas, some misconceptions about the disorder, and just things that bug me that I see. And I hope this is helpful to maybe understand a little bit more about the, this disorder. If you have it, if someone else has it, this is not a replacement for therapy, you guys. This podcast is just for fun and it's just for support. It's like an, it's like going to a support group, kind of. Not really, but because I think that's also run by a professional. I'm not a professional. Um, I'm pulling stuff from the IOCDF and OCD recovery and a bunch of different other platforms and Instagrams and organizations that study OCD and have treatment plans and no CD as well. So I've pulled a lot of the information from them and that's what I'll be talking about mostly today. But I do want to share some life updates because this has been a fun week for me. So let me share. I I chose to wear this. I don't know why I chose to wear this exact thing because... It's like a surf changing thing. It's a very pick me thing to do. It's a very poser-ish. It's a very poser thing to, posers. I'm, I'm a poser. I don't surf. I've surfed, I've surfed once and I didn't get up, which is fine. That's normal. 
And I do want to go surfing again, but I have to buy a surfboard and they're really expensive. So I can't afford that right now. Maybe one day. Anyways, my boyfriend gave me this, his surfing changing towel thing. And I have it hanging up in the corner of my studio. Well, in like a hallway side of my studio. And it's actually really cute hanging up. It's also blocking some uh, blemishes on the wall, shall I say. Some of the tape, some of the paint was ripped up by a previous owner's sticky stuff that they had on the wall. Anyways, I pulled them off. A bunch of stuff came off of the wall. I haven't told my landlord. Maybe I shouldn't even put this in here. Well, okay, no, he's not going to listen to this. And I'll fix it. It's not that hard to fix, but I just haven't done it yet, and it just looks bad. So I hung my... And it's not even my fault, actually. I try, I've tried vinegar. I tried, just in case he is listening, you know, I want to cover my bases. Uh, I didn't put those sticky things on there. They were before. Uh, and... I tried to look up how to take them off without pulling the paint because when I first started pulling it, I could tell the paint was coming off. So I looked up, I put dish soap on there, vinegar. I did a bunch of different things that online people told me to do and it didn't work. And so I just had to yank them off because I didn't want them up there. And now I just have three things of like stuff that was ripped up. So I'm going to have to, I'll figure it out. But this is usually hanging there, what I'm wearing. And... It looks cute because it's kind of my, it's my California coastal cool corner of my studio. It just looked really comfy and I couldn't think of, I couldn't decide what to wear. So I just put this on and I, I actually like the way that I feel in it, but I don't, I didn't like the way that I look on camera. So if you're wondering why I look weird, it's because I look like I'm wearing a Snuggie, but it is Snuggie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. We played Dungeons and Dragons this last week with some new people and it was really fun my brother has dm'd a couple of times and he's so good and he's so funny and he's also just very i i, I always tell him that he should write a book because i would read the book that he writes because he's very he's just very smart and he's very creative and he has a good imagination and he's very what's the word like analytical i feel like he wouldn't miss details if you wrote a book he, he wouldn't miss like important details he would think of every different angle to a, a plot or a storyline or something and he would just make it really good and a really cool concept for those of you that have never played dungeons and dragons basically you make characters and you choose how they fight and you can choose their race it's not just it's not our world races <laughs> it's like a dragonborn or a half eagle thing or a fairy or an orc you know that type of race the dm the dungeon master they create a whole storyline and they basically run it and their whole their whole point of them is basically to improv to make you feel like you're in the world to have ambiance, to have background stories about everyone that they meet pretty much. And then they do accents. They do, I mean, if they want, but most of the time they do accents. They act like different characters. Basically a lot of improv. It's really impressive. I want to dabble in dungeon, being a dungeon master once, just because I want to see if how good I would do. I think maybe I would be terrible, but I also think it'd be really fun. I think they had fun. I always like showing people Dungeons and Dragons for the first time because... It's usually a really fun experience, especially for the first time because it's like so new and you're like, what is going on that it makes it better? So that was fun. I took my nephew to, eh, no one cares about that. Well, I was going to tell a story about my nephew, but no one really cares about other people's nephews and nieces. So I, I don't even care about other people's nephews and nieces, to be honest. I really try hard to. I really try to just be like, 
you know, you should care about this, but I just can't get myself to. I will probably only care about my immediately my immediate family's kids and probably not really love other kids. I just don't really like other kids. And it's not like I hate them, like they're annoying. I just like don't want to I don't want to interact with them. Uh, but my own but but my own family's kids adore. You know, I could talk about them forever, but I will I will spare you the stories. Sometimes I think people assume that not share like someone not caring about someone that you love makes them makes your your love for them less, but that's not how it is. Someone could not care at all about your niece or your nephew or what they did that was funny. Then they could not care. They could have zero care in the world to hear the story, but it's still just as special to you. So it doesn't take it away. We did a side okay, so for the church I go to, we have like these activity things everyone like every week. You don't have to go to them. It's just for fun if you want. And usually there's free food. But I help plan them. And we did sidewalk chalk. Eh, I don't want to talk about that either. I don't want to talk about any of this stuff. So boring. Why did I even have this on my list of things to talk about? I was going to talk about how I made a cute little, ooh, a cute little ghost farm town. Ooh, with a cute little big, with a big grandpa ghost driving the tractor and all the cute little baby ghosts are in the other in the haystack uh trailer behind him and they're going through the corn maze Ooh, who cares about that stuff i'm so stupid that, that's really all i have for updates i don't really have too much my mom's gone so that's kind of sad i already miss her and she probably thinks we don't miss her but both me and my sister miss her miss having her here and my dad and my brother of course I wish my whole family lived by me makes me sad pretty often I wish they're just my best friends maybe one day but not now unfortunately but I have my sister so hopefully she doesn't abandon me anyways as I said I'm talking about OCD today and it's really just full deep dive on OCD and we'll do a Dear Abby at the end this week is supposed to be a frenemy episode but I kind of wanted to dedicate it mostly to OCD because that's really the main reason why I started this podcast and it's something I'm really passionate about people getting help for and help with. From my non-professional understanding, I have done so much research from so many different types of people and who have had OCD or psychologists or therapists and people who have treated hundreds if not thousands of clients who have OCD and have so I've done, I've done a lot of research throughout these past couple of years. I just wanted to share what OCD is, some of the miscon- misconceptions, and also go into my advice or things I would suggest if you are diagnosed or if you're maybe wanting to get a diagnosis because you think when you watch any videos that talk about pure OCD or OCD, then they very, they, they're like, oh my gosh, it's like someone is explaining how my brain works. Let's just get into the, let's get into the meat of the podcast. I took screenshots because <coughs> I'm not a professional. So I took screenshots of people who are, and I can read to you what it is. Um, and then I'll describe it from my experience and we can go from there. What is OCD? Obsessive compulsive disorder is a mental health condition characterized by a cycle of obsessions. Like if I were to explain it to someone in my personal experience and my what my OCD is like, it's mostly in my head. And it's a feeling of having to feel it be and have it have things be just right in my head and to feel like things click. That was a big one for me. And it still sometimes is. And I have a really hard time just not being certain about things that I really care about is kind of the main thing for me. So and I would characterize it more with um, as obsessive than compulsive, I think. 
now for me on this point of my recovery. It feels more obsessive than it does compulsive because I've br- br- brought my compulsions down. Obsess- obsessions are continuing intrusive thoughts that cause anxiety, fear, and or disgust. Not fun. Compulsions are repetitive behaviors that are done to reduce sh- the stress caused by obsessions. An estimated 2.3% of the U.S. population is diagnosed with OCD during their lifetimes. Research has shown that OCD is related to changes in brain areas responsible responsible for executive functioning, memory, motor movements, and emotions. Okay, and, and this is my experience with OCD. I don't know what it's like to be in other people's brains with OCD. However, I've heard that it's very similar to, like, everyone's very similar, but their obsessions aren't going to be the same. But the obsessive and that feeling and the what's what's going on in your brain is the same. But the obsessions and the content is different. It's really hard. And some people wish, like my obsessions are mostly with my faith and like God, the meaning of life, more existential. It's horrible. It was, it, it when I was at my lowest, I was like, I couldn't leave my room. I, I didn't even like to know that I was conscious and aware. I just wanted to sleep all day. So I just was out of it, you know? It's horrible. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. It was a terrifying experience. But some people, and then when I see people that have uh, cleaning, um, like cleanliness obsessions, I'm like, oh, I'm so jealous. I wish I had that. Or just, there's just like a bunch of different types of obsessions and people who don't have that obsession, they, they wish that they had the other one because they're like, that looks easier to have that one. I want that one. Unfortunately, you can't pick and choose, but... It's, it's a very distressing disorder. I think that the number one thing I'd fe- I've felt is disgust, stress, and distress, and shame. Those are the three main things that OCD creates in you and it's really sad and it sucks. It sucks really bad. So that's kind of the gist of OCD. I've had, I've had it probably my whole life and I'm just now getting the treatment years later, like 20 years later probably from when I first had my... OCD onset or whatever it's called and when I was a little kid I would pinch myself I'd poke myself I hated going to church because I'd feel so much anxiety because I'd get like intrusive thoughts and I would pinch myself and I would be so mad at myself and I and I my whole life I can think back to these moments where I've had these obsessions pop up and I would compulse by pinching um, or ruminating and trying to figure out why they're coming up. What do I need? Do I need to repent? Do I need, how do I fix this? Do I need to pray more? Do I need to pray them away? And I went to like leaders in my church and I would tell them things over and over again until I felt better. But then it would just come back. At first it was very relieving when I got diagnosed because it made me feel less ashamed of myself and guilty for the thoughts and for punishing myself and all that stuff. Because I was like, okay, other people experience this. I'm not just a lone wolf. But pretty easily OCD can get you back into thinking you're alone even though you know you're not. Realistically, you're not. But the shame can be so heavy and the guilt can be so heavy. The thoughts are so yucky. Feelings are yucky. It's really hard to sit with them. Okay, I'm going to read a couple more things from OCD and Anxiety Online. OCD is not a choice. OCD is not enjoyable or fun. Not everyone has OCD. A lot of compulsions do not happen visibly. A lot. He used the word a lot of compulsions. OCD is extremely debilitating. People with OCD are some of the strongest warriors. I Well, okay, I don't want to say that because I don't want to toot my own horn. So some common misconceptions that I hear, a lot of people think OCD is just washing hands or 
touching things as you walk by. I grew up watching Monk and he, I think he was diagnosed with OCD in the show. I struggle with thinking that they did that accurate because I don't think they did. This is the thing that's usually not described very well on shows or TV that people have OCD. Well, that like, I was just watching the Demilios and it said that Charlie and Landon both have been diagnosed with OCD by a doctor and even on the show they were talking about how anxious she got and she couldn't pack like she had to keep unpacking and repacking and unpacking and repacking and she couldn't focus she couldn't just do it without getting extremely anxious and overwhelmed and I'm glad that they showed more the the distressing part not to make it woe is me but just to show the reality of what that disorder is it's not pretty it's not like a cute personality quirk of like oh yeah she just loves to organize stuff or she just loves to she just has to wash her hands she loves to be clean they show the outside they show the outside things of ocd which they don't all look like that and not like he said, a lot of compulsions are internal, so they can't really show that on a lot of shows unless they show thoughts, you know, and the thought pattern of someone. So even shows that talk about it, it usually just shows what externally what people see and they don't explain that internally you're having this war with yourself and your brain is trying to scare you about things that you know you shouldn't be scared of but it's like it won't stop using all of the signals that it normally sends you when something is wrong so you have this system going off that's usually like something is wrong something is wrong but everything's fine and it's just trying to be really really protective but it's just a little bit broken and it needs to it needs help it needs to be fixed it needs help from a professional it kind it really bugs me when people say say OCD is helpful because I've heard that before oh that must be nice you know because then you're really organized and doesn't that make you like focus more no no OCD has never it's never ever helped me I'm sorry the experience of recovering from OCD what I've learned about myself apart from that disorder invaluable I, I'm so grateful that I've had to go through this recovery but the actual disorder and the thoughts and the feelings and what it does to you and it's never been helpful so it really frustrates me when people say that because it, it just is going to make someone that has the disorder and they'll hear that or they'll see that and they think maybe I shouldn't get help like maybe I'm crazy or maybe I'm like just fine as is so it's not a cute personality quirk it's a serious mental health disorder that needs treatment. It doesn't have to look a certain way too. A lot of people assume that people with the disorder are very clean. I promise you, I'm one of the messiest people you ever meet. Ask my boyfriend, he hates that I'm messy. It doesn't help you move towards your values. If that's what it's doing, then it's not OCD. OCD doesn't do that. It's like, it tries to keep you so pinned up and so within yourself that you forget what it's like to be outside of your head. Some people are clean, some people are messy. Some people wash their hands, some people only do things in their head. Some people repeat things out loud, some people repeat things in their head. You might never know that the person next to you has OCD and has something going on internally because a lot of people are very good at hiding it. I was. I was probably pretty good at hiding it from both my parents. Well, maybe not, but I don't know, but I was good at hiding it from my friends, family, but there's lots of episodes that I can think of that I couldn't hide it because it was really bad. Yeah, it's not cute. It's just not a cute disorder. I hate when people say it like that. Not everyone has OCD, like he said. Not everyone's a little bit OCD. Like the amount of times I've heard people talk about that, isn't everyone a little OCD? No, no, it's so frustrating. Like I actually normally am able to listen to that and let it in one ear, out the other. 
But after a while, sometimes I realize how much damage it actually does to me, which is okay. Okay with other people not understanding everything about me. That's fine. However, it is still very hurtful to hear those words. And it's still very hurtful to hear someone misunderstand something so deeply that has affected you so badly, you know? So to hear people say, well, isn't everyone a little bit OCD when I tell them I have it? Don't say that to people. (laughs) Don't say it. It just feels very dismissive to the pain that I've felt with handling this disorder. That's all. I don't get mad when people say it. I don't take it personally. But when I go home being truthful, I it really hurts me. And it and it makes me feel really sad that I am incredibly misunderstood by my peers, by people that, I don't know, they just don't get me. But sometimes people are trying to get you. Still sometimes can feel lonely, which is why I always suggest going to a support group because hearing people who have the same, like feels like they have the same brain as you is so comforting. The disorder is also not something that'll just go away with time or when you get older. You need treatment. It's not something that goes away without treatment. If something is seriously impeding your life, you need to seek help for it. It doesn't make you crazy. It makes you a human being who's gotten stuck in this rut without even really knowing that you were stuck in it. OCD was not a choice for me. I didn't know that I had it until recently. I didn't know that that's what it was. And it's not something I chose. Like, oh, I want to do a bunch of compulsive behaviors and get stuck in these cycles that just only cause shame and guilt. I don't like that. It's really hard to get out of it, though. I also think just in general, getting a diagnosis is not something that I, I know a lot of people that don't like believe in getting a diagnosis like they don't think it's helpful they think it just makes people worse I don't agree at all I think if done properly and if your intention is to get help actual help then a diagnosis is not negative a diagnosis the reason you get it is to get a treatment plan the reason you get a diagnosis is to get treatment and to get help for your specific needs you have needs Okay, and that's okay. It's okay if you need help to meet those needs. You, I can, I always thought that I could handle this whole OCD thing on my own. And I, some, and I feel really guilty sometimes that I can't. And it sometimes makes me postpone certain treatments or I don't know. I just sometimes feel embarrassed still that I need to seek help from a trained professional because a lot of people have made me feel really shameful for it, that there's something wrong with me. Just because someone or you or whoever or someone around you has never experienced a mental illness or a mental health disorder the same way you have and they didn't get help for it doesn't mean that you can't and doesn't mean that you are pathetic or that there's something wrong with you because you are seeking help. That's the, that is the best thing you could do for you and everyone else around you. And the reason, again, you get a diagnosis and you seek help is to actually get help. You're recognizing, I am not where I want to be and I am not going towards what I really value in this life. I want a a joy-filled, happy, meaningful life and my mental illness is impeding that and I cannot do it on my own. Therefore, I will seek help from family, friends, support groups, professionals, to get myself out of this and to stay out of it. That is not an easy thing to do. That is one of the hardest things that people do. Don't ever let anyone make you feel stupid or dumb for going through a recovery of any kind or trying to advocate for others that it's important. I sometimes feel embarrassed still talking about it. I don't want to say who, but there was a someone that I knew 
and it was a man he was older and he just did not believe anxiety was real which is like honestly kind of stupid because you don't believe anxiety is, you don't re, you, you don't believe the amygdala is real sir you don't believe that that part of your brain is real that's a very real part of your brain <laughs> it's a little bit weird and I thought he was a very anxious person you know I could tell I can always tell when people are anxious or are in their heads I feel like I could just see it in their eyes maybe that maybe that's no I'm pretty confident I'm usually pretty I have a good radar about that stuff especially now that I'm not as in my head I feel like I can focus on others way more and I can always tell when someone's anxious and it makes me feel so sad I just want to be with them and make them feel like you're not too dark and you're not too broken or not too I don't know I just don't want people to be alone in it because it sucks and it's scary and don't let people like older men or people that don't believe in mental illness to let it affect your recovery and let it affect you getting help what's this saying um oh misery likes company if someone's really miserable and they're not helping themselves and they're angry and they're bitter they're not going to want you to go get help or not they're not going to want you to go feel better or do better because they don't want to be left behind and that's really sad for everyone but it's so much better for you to go do that for both you and them because when you get up to a better place your middle ground is not so depressed and anxious and distressed and it's a neutral that's amazing everyone deserves that so then you're actually able to help pull people up to where you are you're not actually abandoning anyone when you do that you're actually getting to a place where then you are in a space and in a mindset where you can actually help them come up to you i don't know why i went on that tangent my advice would be to seek help if you're struggling with something or if you're putting off treatment or putting off anything even if it has nothing to do with ocd just in general if you're putting anything off just take the first step in the movie uh crap the boy the horse and the mole i've never read the book or watched the film but i really want i'm actually going to read that book this week it's i see little quotes and videos all the time and it just seems like that book is such a comforting soul-filling book but i think the little boy said i can't see a way out like i can't see a way out of this i don't know which one replied but they said can you see the next step the answer for me has always been yes what's the next step sometimes it's i put my phone down okay and then what then I'm going to get up and do my dishes. After I'm done with my dishes, what's the next step? Okay, and you do one step at a time, things will start to change. So when it comes to recovery and treatment for anything, one step at a time, one exposure at a time, one therapy session at a time, one moment at a time, one feeling at a time, change one behavior at a time, and my experience there's been so many things that I've had to change and I stunt my growth and my progress by focusing on all of them but when I just focus on what is the next step I feel so much more peace and I feel so much better and I'm able to surrender the the treatment process because I do want to get better so bad there's a billion other things that I would talk about advice wise with OCD but I've shared so many I've shared so much advice on the disorders if you want more specifics about my personal story with OCD I've shared it at the beginning of the podcast in the first couple of episodes just re-listen to some of my episodes and I share a little bit each time about my recovery about my experience my ups and downs uh, I was going to do like a background and sp like specifics how it's shown up in my life maybe I'll do that another time and just dedicate a whole episode to that you're probably taking on too much alone okay you're taking on too much alone 
if you need help with something, ask for help. And it might take a long time. Maybe you don't have people in your life you feel like you can ask. Ask them anyways. If not, then we're going to have to start fresh with someone else and try to find relationships that you can rely on. Especially if you're seeking treatment and you haven't done it yet. You are taking way too much on alone. It's okay to not be able to do everything alone and by yourself. No one, no one on this entire planet is capable of doing that. No matter what people say on stupid Instagram or TikTok or whatever, and they make it seem like their life is perfect and they never need anyone else. I just really don't believe that. I really don't. The strongest people I've met in my life always needed other people at some point in their life, not 24 seven. They don't need them to do things for them all the time, their whole life. When I was at my lowest, I needed people. I needed, I needed my mom. I needed my therapist. I really, really needed my, like my siblings, my friends just for support and just to make me laugh. And I still need them. There's nothing that you lack because you need help from other people. I just don't want anyone to think that they're weak forever needing help. I don't know. I don't think there's a perfect balance of asking too much, not asking enough. I think just when you really feel and you're honest with yourself that I need some help right now because I don't want to stay like this, then act on that. Right, I think I shared all of my misconceptions and stigmas and blah, 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 blah around OCD. This is a really tough disorder. So if you want to recover from it, you will have to be more tough. And that doesn't mean you alone, okay? I guess this is the theme of the episode, but it doesn't mean that you have to be tough alone. You have to be tough. Yes, you. But also, you probably have people who want to support you on this recovery and in your life. So let them support you. You will get closer to them, they'll get closer to you, and they'll actually be able to support and help you up. You have to be tougher, but you can do it, okay? Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep pushing. It'll suck a lot, and it'll be really tiring, and you'll be exhausted. The amount of times I've just cried and prayed for hours just saying, I'm so tired, I'm so tired, is a long time. I used to pray all the time and just be like, please take this away. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. But now my prayers have just changed to, because that wasn't helpful for my mindset, I don't think. And I don't think I was able to really be open and surrendering to and trusting God, honestly. So now my prayers are like, I don't know when this will be healed and when I'll be done with dealing with this, but I'm just going to get up today, start a new day, and I'm going to do my best with my recovery and my homework and exposures and thoughts that come up, and I'm going to do my best. Hopefully that's enough, but I'm also really tired. I feel like I just cover my bases, but I, I feel like that's actually really been helpful for me and has made me a little bit more, my heart's a little bit more open now because I'm like actively choosing to trust that there's a reason I'm not like fully over this yet and I need to put in the work because I will get something out of the work that I put into this is my hope and that's my faith. I just really don't want anyone to give up ever. <laughs> I have the worst crying voice. I know how whiny I sound on my podcast when I cry. Trust me, I edit it. I hate it more than you do. I promise you. Anyways, I just really don't want anyone to give up and to settle for less because you do deserve lasting joy and, and a sustainable life and lifestyle and a sustainable mindset. And a lot of that for me has come from my relationship with God and just keeping faith even when it feels like I can't see a way out like the little boy. But I can see the next step and I trust that it will be for my good 
even though I get mad and I get upset and I get freaking angry and I don't understand it at all sometimes, it's better for me and it's better for my heart and my soul to just trust and have faith that it'll play out how it's supposed to if I put in the work. And so I have to put in the work and I have to remind myself that all the time or else I just fall victim to myself for victimizing myself. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm so annoying. All right. I don't know how long this episode is, but it feels pretty long. Um, I'm going to do actually a Dear Abby, but we won't do a front of me today, unfortunately. If you guys have any questions about what I talked about or need any clarifications or, I don't know, are just interested, you, you can go to no CD. You can go to IOCDF. Honestly, if you just look up OCD on YouTube, you'll probably find a lot of professionals that talk about it. There's so much stuff on the internet now that's so helpful with this disorder. I'm not super active on this Discord as much as I used to be just because I've been really busy. But I want to prioritize this more and I'm trying to figure out a way to be active on this. But I have a Discord for anxiety and OCD and depression and basically just people who struggle with some type of mental illness or disorder. So if you want to be a part of that, I think there's almost 90 people on the server right now. You can go to my Instagram and I believe I have it on there. If not, DM me on Instagram at Dear Abby. And I will get back to you and send you the link and then you guys can join our discord. But it would be super fun. And also, I kind of want to do, I would love to game with people who are on there and set up like playing Among Us or playing, I don't know, some game that requires a lot of people or something like that. So like we can create a lobby and game together. I think that'd be super fun. I want to do that more and find people that are like minded to me. Uh, I get shy at first when people want to game with me. Like I always want to, but then I get shy and so I don't. But I really need to push myself because I know I'll have like so much fun. I just get scared that people won't like me. <laughs> ah, classic. Okay. This here's, we're going into Dear Abby. Dear Abby, first of all, I love your podcast. I've been listening and re-listening to episodes every day. Something about the way you speak is very soothing. That is the most flattering thing anyone has ever said to me. Now to my issue. My boyfriend of almost two years broke up with me in May and then begged to get back together in June, then broke up with me again in July. He then again begged me back and started buying me flowers and treating me beautifully, but I had to reject him in August because I had lost all trust. Rightfully so. That's very emotionally exhausting and confusing. So One of his family members became very, very sick at the beginning of all of this, so he says he's just dealing with his trauma poorly and, is causing, and it's causing all of this. Anyway, since this last time I rejected him, we blocked each other, but I am having a really hard time moving on. It feels like we have a chance to work out, but I also feel like I need to have more self-respect after he rejected me twice. I can't help but feel like I'm making the wrong decision by rejecting him. What are your thoughts? Okay, first thing I think is that sounds very exhausting emotionally. So you're probably not wanting to get back on that up and down cycle I think it's different if it's not a full breakup like I feel like sometimes couples go through phases I know I have where you fight a little bit more often than normal for like a couple of months or a month or something and then you're fine and you don't break up like it's just like you you're annoyed with each other or you're frustrated or you're both sad or one person's feeling <laughs> volatile but is trying to keep their emotions in check and doesn't want to disturb the relationship with it but Anyways, it just causes more tensions, but it's really, it's, it's a different thing when someone is breaking up with you consistently because that takes a lot less control of themselves, which just depends if you want to be with someone that 
right now in their life is can't can't decide anything and they can't make a choice and they can't stick with it I don't think you really want to be with someone that's like that I'm not saying he can never be that just right now in this moment where he's at he's learning how to control his emotions he's learning how to control his feelings and who he takes it out on and he's learning how to just stick with what he wants you know and make decisions you probably don't want to be with someone like that and if you do you're in for a roller coaster probably which is you know I don't think it's fine, but to each their own. So I would say probably just don't look back. If it's meant if it's meant to be, I truthfully think that you'll both be healthier and in a better state and it'll feel a lot less volatile and confusing. Not that it'll never feel like a little bit anxiety or whatever, any issues in the relationship, but it won't be breaking up, getting back together. I think that's just a sign that's one or the other person or both need to mature a little bit and um, understand themselves and understand what their feelings mean and what emotions mean. It's really common to, obviously it's common to miss someone that you've been with, especially for two years. That's a long time. And I also don't know how old you are. So honestly, either way, if you're young, don't look back. If it's meant to be, eventually I think someone will come back around and you'll some will be living in the same place and things will just line up. I, I, that's normally how I've seen things work with couples that like kind of right person, wrong time. And a lot of people have different beliefs, whether that's true or not. I don't really know. It's just one of those things that I'm not really everyone's sure about <laughs> fully. So you can't say it's one way or the other, but that's just what I think. I also think it is very attractive though for you to him. If you actually want to maybe be with him later on, to set boundaries and be like, no, look, you need to figure your shiz out. I'm not going to let you take me on this roller coaster. Figure yourself out and then come back to me because I love you and I want to support you. But this is the way I can support you is from afar because you need to be alone. You need to figure this out right now. Just kind of take yourself out of the situation. And if you move on, just move on completely. If you really, if you like want to marry this guy and you really are disappointed that he can't control himself, that is devastating, but also there there could be hope if he is serious and if you set your boundary saying, I'm not doing this, like you have to figure your shiz out and then come back to me as like a man that knows what he wants and knows how to keep it. I think it could still work out, but it might be two years, it might be a year, it might be three months, who knows? Because he is probably going through, he obviously probably went through a lot and he is probably going through a really hard time, but that doesn't mean that you have to also... Sometimes it's helpful for someone to get rejected and to get put in their place being like, you can't just do this with people's emotions. Like you, you're what you do and your feelings and how you, how you react to them behaviorally, it affects me and it affects the people that you love and you need to figure it out. Okay. Do it for yourself and do it for people around you and just, just give it some time. Don't reminisce. Just like, I think you should just move on and not think about it anymore. Maybe set that boundary and let him know that that's what you're doing and then just move on completely because if it'll, it's meant to be, it'll come back around, I think. Okay, you guys. Well, that's it for today's episode. I hope I didn't bore you to tears. Um, I'm curious to know how this episode does, but hopefully I can get it out there on TikTok and Instagram so that people maybe can learn something about OCD and uh, the hell that it is. Okay, I love you guys so much and thank you for listening to the podcast. If you guys 
want to support the pod, you can share the podcast on your stories on Instagram, just word of mouth. Um, give me a rating and comment on my YouTube or just like my stuff. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Do something fun. Take yourself out. Buy some of those uh, little twisty uh, bag. Th- Wait, those little bags. The things that sprouts where you crank the thing and then a bunch of goodies uh, fall out and then you uh, twist the thing on you write the number on. Get some of those this weekend. Okay, love you. Bye. Oh, Ji